You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, I'm Bob Ambrogi. And I'm Monica Bay. We've been writing about law and technology for more than 30 years. That's right. During that time, we've witnessed many changes and innovations. Technology is improving the practice of law, helping lawyers deliver their services faster and cheaper. Which benefits not only lawyers and their clients, but everyone. And moves us closer to the goal of access to justice for all. Tune in every month as we explore the new legal technology and the people behind the tech here on Law Technology Now. and welcome to Law Technology Now. And I have a special guest today, which is fun because he's also with Law Technology Now, Bob Ambrosi. Bob, start us off a little bit by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, I think they know about me if they've listened to the show at all. Uh, yeah, I've been co-hosting this show for a while with Monica. Usually we do it separately, so it's fun when we get to do it together. And I write the blog, lawsitesblog.com. I write for Above the Law. I write for uh, the ABA Journal and various other places covering legal technology. And I'm Monica Bay, and I was the editor-in-chief of Law Technology News for 17 years. I retired right after Legal Tech on 2015, was with the company for 30 years, the first part in San Francisco. I'm now a fellow at Stanford at the Codex Group, and I'm still doing work with ALM. Uh, I have a series called Women of Legal Tech that profiles women in legal tech. So we have Two great guests today. Our first one is John Studdard. And John, I'm going to turn the mic to you for a little bit to tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, um, firstly, may I say it's a real pleasure to be on. My name is John Studdard. I'm the Senior Vice President of Global Events at ALM. And I joined the company only in April last year um, with a view to really um, resetting the events business within ALM as uh, one of the leading businesses that uh, is a growth driver, driving the business forward. My background and working career has always been in events. I came from United Business Media, which is a uh, multi-platform media company, but with uh, latterly with an events-first strategy. They went through the whole process of moving from print to digital, as is normal with events companies. Uh, they are usually born out of a, uh, a publishing business. And uh, before that, I was with Reed Exhibitions. I think those two are either, they vie for, for position, but they're either the first or second in terms of largest event companies in the world. So I work for both of them running their event portfolios in different geographies. Um, but with, with UBM, you probably tell by my accent, which I can't lose, but uh, with UBM, I, I ran their U.S. business or North American business, and uh, I've been based here in the U.S. for 15 years now. And Nicholas Brutch, I hope I pronounced that right. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, also happy to join you today. I'm a senior analyst at ALM Intelligence. Um, I cover areas related to law firm competition. Before coming to ALM, I was a consultant, mostly for law firms, although sometimes for law departments. I worked for Huron Consulting first in London and then in New York, and now I have the pleasure to uh, work at ALM and 
work with John on Legal Week. Terrific. John, can you tell us a little bit about Legal Week, the experience, how it was created, and what it's hoping to be in about two weeks now? Sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming out fast. In fact, we've got a little counter on our uh, website that uh, unnerves me because it counts down the seconds to the, to the event. Yeah, and by the time this one goes on air, it'll probably be a week. So. <laughs> right. Anyway, I interrupted you. Go ahead. But yeah, I... Uh, as I said, I come from an events background, and um, I don't profess to be an expert in all things legal. And you have me at somewhat of a disadvantage in that I think, you, Monica, you've been to every single legal tech. Not all of them, but I think most of the um, – I think it, it's uh, 36 yeah. now. Yeah. I think I've been to a good number of them myself, if not have all you? of them, going back quite a ways. Yeah. Yep. Well, legal tech is a fabulous product. Uh, and it's a fabulous event. But, um, you know, all products have their life cycles. And uh, when I joined, I was looking at, you know, the, the, the trends in terms of participation and attendee numbers and sponsor uh, activity and that kind of stuff. And I noticed that the legal tech sort of format, um, which is predicated on e-discovery, has reached a plateau where e-discovery has become so mainstream that I think it's well understood by the legal community. And it's fairly recent. You know, if you go back 10 years, it was a very new and interesting and important technology driving a lot of development in the industry. But in the meantime, what uh, ALM built was the single largest collection of, uh, of individuals from the legal sector at any one event, which was very interesting to me because it's only based on... Um, really the, the technology element of the legal industry. And where I come from, if you have a large enough position in an industry like ALM does with its leading brands and its leading publications and uh, you know hundreds of thousands of, of subscribers, I wondered why we had the largest event but only focused on really sort of predicated on uh, the technology side of things. And I looked to see whether there is an event that expands more broadly to include other job titles and other professionals from the legal industry. There are other, other events in the US, but there isn't a week that the legal industry can claim as its own, which I found very interesting. And I have been involved in other industries like Fashion Week or uh, other industries, uh, Marketing Week, where the industry puts the spotlight on itself and Whoever you are in that industry, you know that is your week. That's the week in which you know your industry gathers. The spotlight's on. The issues that are discussed are the sort of the hot topics and the current issues across the whole industry, not just in one sector. So that's really what I started with and then started to ask customers, subscribers, participants, sponsors, attendees, and delegates, you know, what their needs are were. And it wasn't just those that do participate, it's others that do not participate. And very resoundingly, what I, what I got was the answer that legal tech is very interesting and very well known. And for those that are focused on technology, it's a fantastic event. However, we would like something more broad that actually talks to us in our own job titles, which is why we then looked at other events, and we were actually doing other events outside of legal tech 
for other job titles and other job sectors. And we realized that there's an opportunity to actually combine them because professionals these days are, I hate to say it, but they are time poor. We're all busier than we've ever been before with more on our calendars than we've ever had before. So if we're going to spend time at a conference or at an event, we want it to be as valuable as it can possibly be. So that's why, you know, we decided to broaden out legal tech. Legal tech is still the most significant single activity during legal week as we build the other activities. And it's, and it's a great event, so I don't want to downplay its importance at all. But it's, it's just perfect to build more activity and more conferencing and more people around it so that we can then create this week in which the legal industry gathers. And, and then people from the legal industry will know, that's my week. I should be there. John, I'm just curious. I'm not even sure our listeners would know the full range of what we're talking about here, but you've got a, a conference that will include legal executives, the Legal Women's Forum, uh, legal right. pros, which would be knowledge managers, law librarians, other types, legal marketing, exactly. legal CIO. There's a, a small firm component to this. Yes. Do you at all worry that you risk kind of the opposite of maybe it was too focused before, but could it be too broad now that it just kind of loses its identity and people don't know what to make of it? Well, I can see why you ask that, but um, I don't think so because, you know, for instance, for legal pros, which you're quite right, you know, for the uh, for those involved in law librarianship and uh, the administration of legal departments, you know, we ask that community specifically do you come to legal tech? And they said, no, uh, not particularly. But we would like an event in the New York area that uh, focuses on us and gives us what we need. And then it would be valuable to us to also see the exhibits, understand you know, what is going on in technology in the legal industry as it relates to us in our job. But there wasn't quite enough for them if it was only technology. And the same, same with the other groups. To play devil's advocate for a moment, though, that community that you just mentioned has a very, very robust annual meeting that I've been to some of theirs. And Yes, they do. When you've added so many blocks, and I'm not saying they're, they're bad or good, but that venue, when it was legal tech only, the volume of folks that historically go there is so overwhelming to begin with. Do you run the risk of having something for everyone in a venue that already has been a mob scene? Is it going <laughs> to overwhelm people, or what's your goal on that? Well, I think, you know, that you're right. It's busy. It's a hotel-based event. And, um, you know, there comes a time in events life cycles when they perhaps need to have a look at whether a hotel venue is right longer term. I think, right. you know, for, for the next couple of years, yes, it should be a hotel-based venue because, you know, we're talking about eight to 10,000 participants, you know, across the three days of the event. And we can accommodate that as it builds. We may have to look at larger venues. And we've got to yeah. be careful with that because, you, you, you know, you want to maintain the the networking feel and the opportunity to meet people um, and bump into them in corridors and have your sort of impromptu networking activity as you do in a hotel. 
but in a larger venue. So we've got to be careful with that. That's a that's a really good point because I saw that acting in the last couple of years when the e-discovery stuff was sort of slowing down. And so many people told me, we have to come here for one reason, which is it's the only time every year that we can all get together and do deals. You know, so right. I mean, I right. get that. I think you're right. But I also agree with you that that hotel, I think it's one of the biggest ones in Manhattan. It is. And the options to go elsewhere are the big, massive ones that are in not comfortable environments, you know, the big, big, huge ones. One of my friends always said it's better to have too many people in a smaller room than a big room where it looks like there's only a handful of people. I agree. So I, I really understand your your challenge on that. But some of the folks I've talked to are really concerned. One of the funniest things was, though, everybody's saying, they're making it a week? And I thought it was a whole week. And I mean, f- at least 10 people I talked to said, I have to be there for a full week. I said, no, 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 it's still three. It's still three. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> exhausted after three days of Legal Tech. That'll be yeah, enough. Yeah, I wonder well. if I could ask Nick a question. Nick, you're going to be kind of opening this whole thing off with a, with a panel on the morning of the first day on the state of the industry. And the opening address is going to be the four challenges and opportunities we should all be watching. So I'm wondering, from your perspective as an industry analyst, what are the themes that unite all these different kinds of interest groups that are, are going to be at this conference, from marketers to law librarians to legal technologists to small firm lawyers? Are, are there themes common to all of them? Yeah, you know, I think there are. So legal tech, to me, um, has historically been about sort of innovation on the one hand and disruption on the other. I think you see that sort of everywhere in the legal industry these days. Um, I think it's not just on the technology side, it's on the process side, it's on the management side, it's everywhere. And what we're going to be talking about in that opening session is sort of some of those megatrends that are driving all the conversations that will be happening throughout Legal Week, what the CMOs are going to be talking about, what the CIOs are going to be talking about, what underpins all of that. And I think what those things are fundamentally are, you know, one, just a general increase in competition. I mean, we're seeing new players come into the legal industry. You know, the e-discovery players have been there and they're expanding their role. But also we see, you know, in the UK, we see people like KPMG and PwC moving in. We see people coming in on the funding side, right, the litigation funding side. All these people are vying for revenue, for profits, for some piece that has historically been part of the law firm's sort of empire. So that's one of the areas we'll be sort of looking at. We're going to look at the law department side. Um, you know, I think we all know there's sort of a revolution happening inside law departments. They are now competing directly with law firms, right? We have thousand lawyer law departments right now that are essentially sort of boutique law firms. You know, on the law firm side, I think what we'll be looking at is how law firms are changing to address this environment, right? One, they're getting a lot larger. Um, we know that, but fundamentally, that's not about sort of more seats and chairs. It's really a new business model, and it's affecting you know, how law firms invest in technology, how they think about technology, how they think about process, how they think about their business models. That's going to be really what that opening session is about, is exploring that whole space and talking about how those changes are impacting all the conversations that will be happening throughout Legal Week in all the different streams and in all the different sessions. 
I want to, before we lose time, to really applaud what you've done with the Legal Women Forum. I think the agenda is excellent, and the speakers are really good. And I like the fact that it seems to have picked topics that will be relevant to not just the newbies, but some of the middle and later uh, folks. So I just wanted to give a shout out on that. Thank you. I do want to get into some finance questions for you because a lot of people have been whining to me about what they've always had in this show, which was if you could go into the exhibit hall, you could go to the keynotes, and you just had to get your ticket prior to, I think it was a couple of days before the show started. And that brought in a lot of people into the exhibit hall. Why did you decide to make even that be, um, you have to pay for, I think it was $45 or something like that. With the exhibit hall, there's been so much crankiness from the vendors for not having enough people in the room for the last couple of years. And now you're making it where everybody has to pay to get in. Is that a risk that you're taking? Because it could really alienate the exhibit hall. And I also noticed there was very little stuff in the propaganda about it. Are you trying to phase out the the exhibit hall? What's going on with that? And and why did you make that decision? Not you personally, but the group, you know? Well, it is is a fair question. And the background to it is, is, you know, there are a couple of things going on. First of all, you know, despite the fact that uh, you're saying that some exhibitors are saying they're not seeing enough people, that, I think, uh, masks a, a a different issue. There are, as you said earlier, the hotel is very full. Some of the feedback that we've been getting from sponsors um, and exhibitors in the exhibit hall is that they're seeing an awful lot of not the right type of people. And sometimes if you, and this may sound somewhat uh, odd, but um, without any fees at all, you know, you, you cannot really control who's coming. Um, anybody could could come. So what we brought in was, and you know, I'm from the exhibition industry, this is a fairly sort of uh, tried and trusted technique, is just a small charge to act as a sort of a filter and a guarantee that the people that are going to come are actually coming. They're making a small investment in it financially, which really qualifies them as, as being relevant. Now, it's only very small. In fact, it was $15 up to a certain date. I forget when the cutoff point was, and then it went up to $45. So it's not no, this, is, this isn't a sort of a prohibitive amount of money. It's really a qualifier to try and improve the quality of the people. So you don't want to get the people who just come for the Chotskys. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That, isn't that, that the only issue. reason we all go? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one reason. Another is offering CLE credits and access to all the keynotes and, you know, super sessions that we do. is sort of putting on a lot and... Uh, I, I know it's difficult when you're making a change like this, when you've been used to it, but we wanted to make the keynotes um, even better. We wanted to sort of put on more in terms of the state of the industry address. We wanted to offer CLE credits in all sessions. But, you know, we had this discrepancy of saying, well, you know, you won't get CLE credits in certain things where you can, you know, you won't be able to go to certain things. So with the charge, we were able to offer even more in terms of keynotes. John, will the exhibit hall have exhibitors to appeal to all these different segments of this show? And will the exhibit hall be be segmented in some way to reflect that? 
Not initially, no. And it's a good question. It will be predominantly technology in the exhibit hall. Um, there are some new things that uh, weren't there before. We've had a sort of a, a, I suppose, a reputation before for serving the larger law firms and the interests of the larger law firms. There are far more small to medium-sized law firms numerically than there are large law firms. And there are an awful lot of lawyers and attorneys, you know, uh, involved in, in, in those firms. So we wanted to put more on for the small law firms. So there's, there's a conference for small law and there's also a pavilion um, for small law, for p- particularly for you know, providers of services to the smaller law firms. I'm going to be on a panel at the small law program. Too. Exactly, panels, you I are. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've, we've put that into the, uh, into the exhibit hall. Uh, a couple of other things which we are new are there's a sort of a, there's a future tech demonstration theater, and there's quite a few companies, a dozen or so companies presenting in that theater. So IBM and I manage a, a couple of them, but that's new. And there's also... Um, a theatre for exhibitors to, to make presentations off their own booth. Sometimes people feel uncomfortable wandering onto a booth and and then getting the pitch. Um, they would rather go to a more neutral environment and listen to exhibitors presenting to a, a more neutral space. So there won't be, uh, on the expo floor, there won't be a full range of exhibits that cover the same aspects of, of the conference and all the different conferences in year one. We will move to that. But, you know, this this is really the first step. And we've got a very strong uh, core of exhibitors who are technology-based, and that will continue. But I think over time, that will begin to expand. And I want to ask another question regarding the money. I noticed something that I thought was kind of interesting, because you've added some things, and particularly the Legal Women Forum one sort of surprised me. And I looked at it today, so I'm glad to hear that you had the $15 one, because I think that'll help the younger folks. But in this one, everything is $16.95. I think the only one that was less was a small firm one for $8.75, so that If I wanted to come, not me personally, but if a person wanted to come for the Legal Women Forum track, they'd have to pay the same exact amount and the other ones for the whole show. So that seems counterintuitive. What's the background on that? Why did you decide to go that way? Well, it was really, we we kept the pricing the same as last year's pricing overall for the MasterPass. Um, but we added an awful lot more to a master pass. So last year, uh, you would have paid sixteen ninety five to go to to get a full pass, a uh, three day pass for legal tech. Now you're paying the same price to get a full pass to everything. So we haven't actually put the price up. We just put a lot more into it. I see where you're coming from because if you were only interested in picking, you know, a couple of sessions or a couple of tracks, we haven't got a price for that. Although we do have the exhibits only. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised because the Legal Women Forum, I could see a lot of people who, and I'm using this as an example, it probably would be the case for any of the ones who, I did acknowledge that the uh, small firm one was much less money, but maybe this is on purpose. Maybe you don't want someone coming who just wants to go to that Legal Women or another one of the channels that you've added. So it just sort of surprised me. I thought you would have had a, okay, if you're only going to this, it's this amount. But to have the same amount, it kind of, I sort of went, huh? That's that's something, you know, 
we've got to be flexible. We've got to kind of listen to, to the response into the market. We may not have got that right first time out. But I think the real, the issue that we were looking at here was in the other areas of focus, we're calling them, you know, CIO or marketing or legal pros or, you know, even small firm, you're there in your capacity for your role. Now, the League of Women's Forum, you're there in a sort of a very supportive environment with other women helping each other, you know, giving each other career advice, discussing issues that women specifically uh, as a gender issue face. So that is really in addition to whatever their specific capacity may be. So, you know, we were really anticipating that um, participants of the League of Women's Forum would do that, but also would want to do something else and make sure that they get access when they buy their pass, they're getting access to everything. You can't actually go to the Legal Women's Forum, not surprisingly, if you're not a woman. So, you know, access to that is restricted. But if you are a participant, your access to everything else is not restricted. John, I want to ask you, uh, the longtime uh, stalwarts of attending uh, Legal Tech, like like Monica and me, know that uh, last year, the man who, who ran it since 1999, Henry Dicker, left ALM, and then you came in uh, shortly after that. You, you mentioned in your opening today that part of your mission uh, is to reset the event business at ALM. So is this year kind of the beginning of, of uh, a series of changes to this Legal yes. Tech show? Are we going to be seeing more? Are we going to be seeing similar changes to Legal Tech West Coast? Will there be other Legal Techs or other similar conferences to this coming down the pike in other locations? Yes, there are. You know, my my kind of perspective on the events industry, as I said earlier, is you can't ask an industry and professionals in an industry to keep coming out to a multitude of different events. You want to make the times that people do come out, and so the industry kind of norms on this are that, uh, and it varies, but the averages are that uh, professionals that go to events will go to two, possibly three maximum per year. Now, when I joined ALM, we were doing very many events. Uh, I think we had uh, something in the order of 300. Now, we want to simmer down that portfolio to a more manageable number where we're putting larger events on and putting more into them so that the communities that we're trying to build these events for understand, you know, they have choices which which are not asking them to come out every month to a different event but if they're going to come out once twice or three times a year they're going to get a lot more in those events we serve more than the legal industry but that's generally what i'm sort of trying to, to spearhead as a strategy so more broad ranging fewer yeah. but, but broader in their coverage i guess uh, yeah events over the course of the year yeah, interesting we're running out of time so i would love to have both of you have a chance to give us anything that we didn't ask you that you wanted to tell us. And let's start with John. <laughs> well, that's a nice question. Thank you. I, mean, I, I think probably what, um, what I would like to say is that I think that politically and you know, internationally that there's a whole mood at the moment of, of somewhat of revolution and change. And it's not just in the legal industry, but I think the disruption, the innovation, the revolution is somewhat fortuitous to us at the moment, but it just ties in so neatly with what we're trying to build in Legal Week and Legal Tech. We're trying to build that conversation where, as, as Nick was portraying, we're trying to cover what is it that the industry is most concerned about, and if you come, 
you will get a good environment and a good opportunity to network with people who have the same opportunities and concerns and really discover what's hot and what's important in the legal industry at the moment. And that's what we're trying to build. I just wondered if Nick had anything uh, to say in closing uh, on his part. I would echo what John just said. I mean, I think in many ways what Legal Week is trying to accomplish is bringing all the sort of disparate um, sort of aspects of the revolution that's happening in law. You know, when we think about the law today, I think you see revolutions in, you know, shared service centers. Law firms are really rethinking that business model. Those shared service centers, you know, if you talk to firms, they tell you that their CMO is highly involved, their CIO is highly involved, the COO is highly involved. I think what Legal Week's trying to do is bring all those people together, right? I think it makes less and less sense to talk about technology in isolation. Technology is weaved into the law, the practice of the law, the business of law in ways that, you know, it wasn't 10 or 15 or certainly 30 years ago. Today, legal tech only makes sense, I think, in in a broader context. And I, for one, am really looking forward to the week for that reason. I, I talk to law firm leaders every day, and I'm sometimes talking to a CMO who's just made a $10 million investment in a technology piece, or a CIO who's desperately telling me how they are trying to convince their lawyers to work differently, right? We're not having a technology conversation, we're having a process conversation. All these people are now sitting at the same table, and they're all having multifaceted conversations. That's really interesting, I think. When legal tech started, certainly technology was sort of a thing off on the side. It wasn't integral to the practice of law. And as you say, now law practice, law business, and technology are, are all intertwined. And it makes a lot of sense to bring them all together. I mean, I completely agree. And I'd say it's not just the e-discovery space either, right? It's contract management. It's IP management. You know, practice management systems are, you know, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to seeing at Legal Week is, is the new practice management systems that some of the bigger firms are embracing. Firms are trying to rethink how they even manage their businesses. Um, simple things like that are, are really driving a revolution in, in firms being able to control a complex business that in many cases spans countries and practices and industries. I think all that is very exciting. And Nick, can you please tell us how our listeners could reach out to you? Sure. They can reach me um, at my email address, uh, nbruch at alm.com. They can also read articles I've written on law.com's legal intelligence blog. Either of those are pretty good ways to find me or what I think about what is happening in the legal industry. Well, thank you so much for your time. And John, for you, how can someone reach you? Sure. My email address is jstuttard.alm.com, J-S-T-U-T-T-A-R-D at alm.com. And uh, be delighted to get any uh, any questions or any emails from anybody. And of course, I will be at the event at the Hilton in a couple of weeks' time, making myself as available as I possibly can. And Bob, how about you? Anybody can find me at my blog, lawsitesblog.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Bob Ambrogi. Did we ever say the dates of this event anywhere in this show? We ought to say, John, what are the dates of this event? Remind our listeners. Uh, well, we start on the 31st of January, and we end on the 2nd of February. Very good. I look forward to seeing you all in New York. Fantastic. 
And I'm Monica Bay, and you can reach me at monicabay1 at gmail.com. And we thank all of you for listening today. We'll see you in the next edition. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.